Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Glory. Hallelujah. When I thought I lost me, you knew where to find me. Those words are really uh, deep. They're deep words. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah, I hope you're excited. You know, for us, uh, those like worship teams, we're in like second, we're second hour of worship. And you know, the second hour is always better than the first hour. Did you know the third hour of worship is better than the second? Did you know the fourth hour? You know, one time I went to a place and we did 48 hours of worship and prayer. And let me tell you, I got into places I've never, ever imagined you can go in God. You know, you get to a place where you can't, like there's nothing else to say. And you just sit quietly with him. And you know he's there and he knows you're there. And it's just a wonderful place. We have a little, I have a little illustration I'm going to use this morning. So these guys are getting it all out. And uh, yeah, we're almost ready, yeah? So we're, I, I, I have this message. You're already, I'm already in the negative. I haven't even started yet. What the heck is that for timing? <laughs> They're hinting. I have to tell you that um, this is one of those messages that I can't like, I can't cut off. I have to give the whole thing. I'm going to make sure I stay on time as best I can, but I might go just a bit over. But this is, uh, this is good, nutritious stuff. You know, this week I, I'm on a diet. This month I'm on a diet. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take care. That's cool. All good. All good. All good. Yeah, good job. I'll move this over here so it's a, maybe we're told to move it. I'll put it over here. Um, so this, this month I've been just eating nutritious stuff. Actually, you know, I must admit, I, I like, I hate nutritious stuff. I'll be honest. I'll be the first one to admit, you know, to me, you know, uh, salads are like eating air. I mean, that's really all it is. It's just, a, it's just a false sense of security. You know, you think you're eating, but you're really not. Um, but uh, you know, you, there is some good stuff and I've learned to actually enjoy it. And, you know, and I think Carol and I will continue I don't know why Carol has to go on a date. I mean, the girl is as thin as a rail. She's amazing. Uh, she's the best-looking woman uh, in, in the world. So just sorry, girls. Uh, you all take second place to my beautiful wife. And I know there'll be some husbands up here to, uh, to uh, say that's not true because they have a, a wife. Anyways, so we're into, uh, uh, you know, uh, the month of uh, walking in the miraculous. And just so you know, I've had uh, at least three or four, four reports of some miracles that we've seen happen this month. I'm excited about that. How many here have, uh, have been answered a prayer from the prayers that they prayed this month? How many, anybody answered prayer? Anybody? Couple? Not enough. Not enough. So we have to keep doing it. So I guess we'll just keep the series going until we get all the prayers answered, you know? So today, um, my message is, uh, yeah, Basically, I got to give you a little history because we've been going. If you haven't been here, we we started this series, and I asked God. I said, God, where do you want me to like come out of? Because I like to actually take one passage and stay in it because you gather a lot, and then you don't really have a choice as to what to say. You know, when you're jumping all over the place, you can choose what you want to say, but when you're looking at one part of Scripture, it says what it says, and you have to say it. And so we, 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 we were led, uh, I was led to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 4, 5, 6, and 7. 
And uh, what was interesting was we had the guest speaker last week, Pastor Herman, and he shared out of 1 Samuel chapter 1. I'm like, wow, I mean, God is just telling us that's the area to be in. And so for those who don't know the story, let me just give you a very quick, forgive me translators in the back because I'm going to go fast. Uh, but basically the story is the Israelites are, uh, are being attacked by the Philistines and they lose. They lose the battle and they don't understand why. And so they say, you know what, let's get the Ark of the Covenant. Let's put that out in front. And they make a mistake because really they think that the, 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 the Ark is like some kind of lucky charm or something, you know. And they forget it's not in, that God is not in things. God is in the relationship. And so they put the ark out in front and then they lose again. They don't just lose. They lose the ark. They, they, many people are killed. The priests are killed. The son's priests are killed. Everyone is just like wiped out. It is just a complete and total just a wipeout. And at the end of chapter four, uh, the woman who gives birth, one of the wives of the, one of the priests who died, uh, gives birth and names his child, names her child um, Ichabod, which means the glory of God has departed. And so the people of Israel feel like the, the ark of the Lord, like the, like the presence of God has left their nation, you know? And so we saw that one of the things that God was trying to do in the people of Israel was to pull out a lie in their life. And that lie was to depend on things and not on him. And so he loves us too much to let us live in a lie, and he brings us to a place of desperation. And I told you, if you're in a place of desperation, and I was interested to hear you know, David actually uh, share that thought, if you're in a place of hopelessness or desperation, you're in a perfect place. What? You are. That's the place, because guess what? You've tried everything, and nothing's working, and so now you need God. I don't know about you, but we try a lot of things first before we try God. And, and, and so then once you're in that place of desperation, God gets to show himself in all his glory. And then we saw that after this happens in chapter uh, 5, 6, 5 and 6, uh, what happens is we think God has departed. And, and the Israelites think God has departed when we have defeat. But what happens is, is when God's people are defeated and beat on by the evil one, God goes into the evil one's camp and he starts uh, causing problems. See, you think, okay, let me just say it this way. Promise, right? You received a promise when you came to Jesus. If you haven't come to Jesus, God has a whole bunch of promises he just wants to lay out for you. And one of the promises, he said he would be your father. He would be your, you would be part of his family and that he would complete the work that he began in you. I'm gonna probably share that a little next week. He'll complete the work. He gave you that promise at the day you came to him. That was his promise. And then you have a defeat. Well, trust me, that promise didn't change. Even though you've been defeated, that promise never changed. And so God has to do some things. So God goes into the enemy camp and the ark goes up and they put the ark into uh, against another God. And of course that God loses and pretty soon God breaks out all these plagues and stuff and he starts really beating on the enemy. So just know if you've had, you've had a defeat, God's going into the enemy camp to beat on them. Can I get an amen? See, even in defeat, you have victory. That's a whole other sermon. I'll stay away from that because I only have so much time. So, so 
the, they, they go in and we see that God goes into the enemy's camp and he starts pounding on the enemy. So know that even though, see the Israelites, they don't see that. They, they, they're, in, they're in Israel, they're in, they're in their place. And, and the Philistines are over here. God is working over here. These guys, oh, the glory of God has departed. But God hasn't departed, he's working. So know that if you've been defeated, God is still working. Can I get an amen? God is still doing something on your behalf. Even though you don't see it, he is still God. And he is still powerful. And he still loves you. He still cares for you. And he still is going to fulfill the promises that he's given to you. Amen? And then, miraculously, the ark is returned to Israel. Now, by the way, in a sense, you could say, well, God returns to Israel. And what did Israel do? Like, to cause him to return? Nothing. God will always come back into your life. Always come back into your life. Always coming back into your life. Even after defeat, even though you might not know he's, he's working on your behalf, he's coming back. And when he comes back, he's going to prove himself. So I, that's the whole story. And then in chapter 7, what happens is we have this full circle because that's... God wanted the Israelites to defeat the Philistines in the first place. And so just so you know, God is not like our, our schools. God does not promote you to second grade if you don't pass first grade. Sometimes in, in schools, they just kind of let you go along, even though maybe you haven't passed. God has no problem with you living in the first grade the rest of your life. If you don't get it right, sit back down. If you don't do go through the circumstances correctly, you will find yourself in those circumstances again. How many have gone through that? Get an amen? Yeah, I've been there. You know, you just kind of keep repeating. You're like, I thought I already learned this lesson, but I know I've made a mistake last time. Here I am again. And so now what happens in chapter seven is the Philistines, guess what they're gonna do? They're gonna attack the Israelites again. But this time, we see a different outcome in chapter seven. Now, um, I'm just going to read one verse and then we'll read it in a minute. I need to set that all up so you know what's going on. But what happens towards the end of that chapter, it says in verse 10, it says in verse 10 of chapter 7, it says, Just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines arrived to attack Israel. But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven that day. And the Philistines were thrown down into confusion and, and that the Israelites defeated them. How many want to have the voice of the Lord speak in thunder? How many want to have the Lord speak in thunder in their circumstances? Well, I, nobody wants that. I want that. I want God to come out in thunder. It says when the Lord, we just, in, 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 in Psalm chapter twenty. Nine, it says, it says, when the Lord speaks, he twists the oaks or the cedar trees. When he comes, he shakes, the world shakes when he speaks. I want that kind of power flowing in my life and in my circumstances. How many want that? Okay, today I'm going to teach you how, because I'm talking about how to create an environment in which the power of God flows through your life. Now, for those who know me, you know I love sports. I'm a major uh, golf uh, addict. 
I, I confess, I am a golf addict. Everybody can say, hi, Don. Uh, Don, I'm a golf. And, but I love all sports. I love any kind of sports. I just love it all. And basketball, I love basketball. And obviously, uh, if anybody knows basketball at all, I mean, one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player in the world, was Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan, I want to quote him uh, right now. And basically, this is his quote. Get the fundamentals down. And the level of everything you do will rise. Get the fundamentals down and everything you do will rise, will get better. Everything in your life will get better if you get the fundamentals down. Okay? That's a setup for later. Just hold that. You'll, you'll understand that even more as we go. Let's read the, the... I have to read the whole story so you... Because you'll see. So verse uh, 3, we'll start with verse 3. Then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. So Samuel said to the, uh, all the Israelites, If you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the uh, Asherah, and commit yourself to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their, uh, their bales and their, and their Asherah poles and, and they served the Lord only. And then Samuel said, assemble all Israel at Mizpah and, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. And when they were all assembled at this place, he, he drew the water and poured it out before the Lord. And on that day, they fasted and they confessed. We have sinned against you, Lord. Now, uh, Samuel was serving as the leader of Israel. And when the, when the Philistines heard that the Israelites had assembled, the rulers of the Philistines came up and to attack them. And when the Israelites heard it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. And they said to Samuel, do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that we may be rescued from the hands of the Philistines. And then Samuel took a, a suckling uh, a suckling pig. No, he didn't. Uh, <laughs> that would be us. Anyways, and a lamb. And we wouldn't sacrifice it. We would eat it. Anyways, uh, he, he sacrificed a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And he cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf. And the Lord answered them. And while Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage in the battle. But that day the Lord thundered with a loud thunder against, uh, uh, with a loud thunder against the Philistines and drew them into a panic and they were routed by the Israelites and we see they did, they won, basically. They won the battle. So that's the story, okay? Now, I want to, this is me, forgive me, I will go one more time if it starts making noise, we'll, we'll go with a mic. I don't want to buy a new one, it's expensive. So we're trying to fix the old one first. Anyways, I want to share this truth with you, and then we're going to we'll get, jump right in. And that is, I believe that God is looking to place his anointing of power on a lifestyle of holiness and godly character. I believe that God wants to pour out his anointing strongly on a person's life as much as he possibly can. The favor of God, and that's the favor of God is his anointing, his blessings, everything. He wants to pour it all out on every one of us. He wants to pour it all out on us. Tapi, he loves us. 
And I'll quote someone, I love what they said. Sometimes God isn't pouring out his blessing and favor on you because he's protecting you. What am I mean? And herein lies my analogy. Okay? Now, I know how wonderful Indonesians love rice. This is a big old bag of rice. It's like God's favor. Now, you guys know you love rice. In the last three weeks, I haven't had, I've had maybe that much rice in three weeks. You know? I've been avoiding the rice. For me, it's, it's, it's French fries. I've had one French fry, literally one French fry in the last three weeks. <sighs> but I'm doing better. I keep going, just keep going. Uh, but So this, let's imagine that this is God's favor. All his anointing, all his power, all his favor, all his blessings. He wants, what father does not want to pour out everything he has onto his child and give him everything he can? Our God is like that. So he wants to pour out his blessings upon us in fullness. And so this is like a God in his character. This is one of the guys, you know. Right away, we know that this guy is in trouble. This is a guy who, you know, maybe he knows the Lord, you know, and, and you know, but, but he doesn't have really a lot of strength for several reasons, for many reasons. But, you know, maybe, he, you know, for him, he comes to church once in a while. You know, you ever hear this story? I really like the story about this uh, pastor who went over this house. He went over the house and had dinner. And after dinner, the wife, said, wow, she goes, I think the pastor stole one of my forks. I think the pastor stole one of my forks. She got really bitter about it and everything. She couldn't really forgive the guy. It just really bothered her, you know? We watching him preach. This guy took one of my forks. Why would he take a fork on me? So about like six, eight months later, six or eight months later, they got invited over to dinner. So the pastor comes over to dinner again, right? And like, finally, the, the woman can't handle it anymore. And she says to the pastor, she said, Pastor, you, I, last time you had dinner with us, you took one of my forks. I believe you took one of my, you stole one of my forks. And the pastor said, oh no, I didn't steal one of your forks. I left it in your Bible. I'm waiting for everybody to get it. Some people got it. She would have found it very easily. And so this guy is kind of this way. You know, he doesn't really read his Bible. He doesn't really know anything about God. And if God pours out his favor on him, it's over. That's exactly what happens if God tries to pour out his favor on someone's life who can't handle it. Okay? So that's one guy. And then, of course, his favor gets spilled out. Forgive me for spilling the favor. Forgive me. Metamaaf. It's still spilling. God's favor is always spilling out, by the way. <laughs> no? And then you got this guy here. You got this guy here. This guy's got some strength. He's got some. He's got some. And so we know that, you know, we could put favor. We could keep putting favor on this to a point. But the problem with this guy is maybe he just has, like, experience. Maybe that's his, his, his foundation. It's just experience with God. Or his, his strength is going to church. He's very good at going to church every Sunday, but in between, nothing. And so we know that if we keep piling, and I'm not going to do it because I don't want to break this, 
Jimmy was very happy to know I won't break this. But, you know, if I was to put God's favor on this, it would break. Or any wind or any pressure put on this thing, if it's not just standing, you know. And so this is kind of like people's lives. You know, they're not really strong. I mean, they can hold some of God's favor, but, you know, they don't have the foundation they need. Okay, so now we get this guy. This guy, we're all set with this guy, right? He's good to go. So we put God's favor on this, and it's handled, right? Now, this is like a guy. This is like a guy who, he does all the right things. He's studying the Bible. He does all, everything, and God is in a, in a, wants to pour out favor on him. Now, by the way, I just want you to say, I want to say this to you, that when, you, when God's favor starts getting put upon you, people will also lean upon you. And that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. That should be happening. You should be able to sing that song. Lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. Even if you confess your sin. Boy, it won't be long. Well, I'm gonna need, but this guy, what this guy, he's got some good foundation. Well, he has secret sin. And what happens is the devil loves to just put a little pressure on secret sin. And then after a while, and we've seen this happen in people's lives. We've seen great anointing on people's lives. And God's anointing, it's amazing how God will pour out his anointing on people. And they have secret sin in their life. And people will begin to depend, depend on them. People will begin to lean on them. And then all of a sudden, the devil does his what he does the best. Because I believe that when you have secret sin in your life, the devil does not want anyone to know right away. He wants you to grow. The devil wants you to grow in favor. The devil wants you to grow in power. The devil wants you to have people leaning on you. Because, tiba tiba, surely your sin will find you out. And then what happens is, not only does the favor fall. Uh, guys, we got a lot of cleanup, sorry. Clean up on aisle five. Clean up on aisle five. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. But, you know, and then when he falls, when this guy falls, when this guy, you know, like, when this guy is found out that he's sleeping with his secretary or, or this or that, you know how it works. You know, when that happens, everybody's like, Kassian. and then, And then more and more people are hurt because this guy actually had some strength and everybody's like, is God really powerful? Can anybody, you know? And by the way, then we get these expressions that are actually false. They're false. You know, uh, what is it? Um, uh, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Did anybody hear those expressions before? They say when someone gets money and fame and power, they will fall. And that's because they have money, fame, and power. That is so untrue. 
It is absolutely a false statement because if power corrupts, fame, favor, power reveal. They reveal what's inside. Give someone who has a, a, a wonderful foundation, who loves God, who wants to give to God, who wants to serve God, who has a very strong foundation, give him favor, money, and power, and what does he do with it? Gives it away. Give someone who's corrupt, who wants to control, who, who, you know, blah, 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 you know the stories. Give them power and what happens? They control, they corrupt, they steal. This is why I never understand it. You got guys, you know, guys in government who are like millionaires and you find out they're stealing million. I'm like, why are you stealing millions when you already have a million? Because it reveals who you are. But then you get a guy like this, who, you know, easy, right? He's got a strong foundation. I could put five bags of favor on this guy. I could shake him. I could kick him. I don't because it's a nice table. I don't want to ruin it. But you understand the concept. He has strong foundation. He has strong foundation. And he can handle it. People can sit on him, can lean on him, and they can, they can walk with him. You know, the verse says, you know, the Lord, uh, the, 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 the Lord is a strong, uh, a strong tower. The righteous run into him and are safe. We're supposed to be like that. A strong tower that people can run to us and they are safe. Yeah? So I want to talk about how to carry, and in this passage, it, it, all the foundations are there to help you become like this. They're all right here in this passage. You can't get around them. And, you know, I, I guess I gotta apologize. Uh, not really, but I, I'm gonna apologize anyways. I'll be Javanese. Um, and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I'm sorry, this is not a feel-good message. Just want you to know, it's not a feel-good message. So. Maybe you go down to another place later next week and say, I want to feel good. But I can tell you this, just like me eating good food and the diet that I'm on, I'm telling you right now, I hate every minute of it, but I love every minute of it because I'm feeling pretty good, losing weight, feeling strong. I don't have that stinking belly. It's going away. I hate that belly. I'm going to preach a sermon on that one time, how the tongue hates the body. Right? Tongue could care less about the stomach. Yeah, anyways. So here we go. Very simple truths, foundational truths that are found in this passage. And I found one last night before, and so it's not in my notes, it's not in my slides, but I found a first one. So I'm going to share the first one with you. It's very interesting. Here's the Israelites. They have been defeated. They feel really, you know, uh, you know, whatever. They, they're worried because the enemy is attacking and they do the first smart thing. They go to a godly authority over them. They ask them what to do and they do it. Nobody's saying amen to that. How many here have gone to someone who's godly and in authority over them and they have told them something and they didn't like it? 
Yeah. I have people come to me all the time. I start talking to them. I tell them. I give them advice. They come to me. They have a problem. I guess I consider myself a bit godly. Uh, and, and I give them advice. I give them advice. And they don't like it. And what do they do? They go to their friend next door and get the advice they want. Come on. Let's be honest. You know, I, David... It was very interesting. I was reading a book and, and years ago. It was one of my, it actually was my favorite book for a long time. It was about David and Saul. And, 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 and the whole thing is, you know, God is sovereign and God put David under Saul. Now, Saul was very ungodly. He was an ungodly ruler. And so I love this book because the book asked the question, why would God ever put Saul, David under Saul? And the answer to get the Saul out of David. So that David didn't become like him. God puts authorities in your life for a reason. And they give you advice. Especially godly authority will give you advice. Do what they say. Duh. It's true though. You know, like I go to, my, I go to authorities, I go to people, and they give me answers I don't like, but I, I try to follow. Not all the time, I'll be honest, I'm not always the best follower, but I try. Because they, I go to people who are more advanced in understanding God and the things of life and how to put God in their life, more than me, I go to them because they've overcome what I'm dealing with. Over and over again, I can amaze sometimes that I have people come to me, I'm not arguing, I'm not complaining, I'm just giving you the truth here. You know, they come to me and, 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 I, and I've been through their problem or I've, I've dealt with their problem and they come to me and I, and I, and I give them, you know, I, I can see where they are and I know where they need to go. I say, here is what you should do, this is what you need to do. I meet them two weeks later and I say, did you do it? No. Well, repeat. <laughs> you know, I'm saying the same thing, just do it. And that's what they did here. They went to Samuel, and Samuel said, here's what you must do. Now, what did he say? First thing he said was, he said, basically, get rid of the dead weight. He said, turn back to the Lord. If you are returning to the Lord, then rid yourselves of foreign gods. That's what he said. Get rid of the dead weight. Now, I don't think there's probably anybody here, maybe one or two, if you do. I, if I, you have an idol in your home, I'd get rid of it. But I think that it's deeper than just idols, like in terms of like some stone. What it is, is what is the foreign gods today? Well, money is a god. Greed, all of that is like a foreign god, and we trust in it. That's what he's saying. Get rid of that. Sanctify yourselves. Get rid of this stuff. You know, uh, we're always looking for love. Gotta have love, gotta have love, gotta have love. You know, and so we're always looking for love. Love is the foreign God. Did you ever notice that Jesus never asked to be loved? But that's a whole other situation. Never was a subject on his mind. So get rid of the foreign gods. Get rid of them. Throw them out. Uh, the word is denounce. I don't know if you all know that word. It just means to say, it is not who you will be, and you will not follow it. It is wrong. He said, if you're truly turning to the Lord, if you truly want victory, he said, get rid of the foreign gods. Second thing he says, he says, commit your lives and serve the Lord only. 
and serve him only. It says, commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistine. He will deliver you if you commit to the Lord. And committing to the Lord is something that we do for a while or for a season until something bad happens and then we stop committing. We commit to the Lord and then someone in our congregation does something to us and then we're not committed to the Lord anymore. One time I was praying for someone and uh, God gave me this prophetic word over them. I was praying for them and this is the word that God gave me. He said, you're in and out, in and out, in and out. The Lord would say to you, it's either to be in or to be out. Are you in or are you out? You know, when I do weddings, and I'm very careful, because to me, there's only really the most important thing at every wedding, there's only one piece. The rest is all dressing after that. And that is the vow. The vow. You know, and I, and I get vows, and they, they, people write their own vows, and I say, before you do it, you need to send those vows to me. I want to see them. And, you know, they say, I promise this, or I'll do this if you do that. I'm like, eh. It's not a promise. It's not a conditional thing. It is a vow for better or worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death, you know, separates us. Commit to the Lord and decide to serve Him. No matter what happens, serve Him only. You know, this morning I was talking to somebody and, 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 and you know, they, they said, hey, I said, hey, you, you were interested in being a part of this, you know, this ministry, you know. And they said to me, they said, well, yeah, but I don't really want to join it. You know, call me when you're doing it and then if I can do it, I'll do it. And I looked at her and I said, but then we won't know if you're committed or not. Sometimes I think that's the way we are with the Lord. I'm sorry it's not a feel-good message, but it's the truth. And if you take good medicine, you'll get better. Next thing that Samuel says is to confess your sins. Confess your sins. Confess your sins. Now, can I say this? That one of the things that is so important, I know some of you go home and in your rooms by yourself to God, you confess your sins. But the Bible says in James chapter four, confess your sins one to another and you will be healed. He links confession with one another you know, uh, to, to healing, to the miraculous. And so, you know, I understand the problem. I understand the problem. You know, I come to Johnson and, and I, Johnson, I need to confess my sin and I tell him what I do and Johnson, oh, you're a sinner. And they start judging me. Why would I ever want to confess him? By the way, if you do that, you have now need to confess because you just sinned. You're catching that, right? You're understanding that, right? We are all in a place of great need because every one of us has sinned. Can I get an amen? I mean, not that I want you to sin, you know, not that I want you to do that. Matter of fact, the thing is, I, I talked about this the other day to some people, you know, we want to create an environment, right, 
of freedom so that people can actually talk about their sins so that they can get help. And I said to, I said to someone, I said, do you think that that, that, that that philosophy will cause the people in our congregation to sin less than another congregation that doesn't do it? And they said, yes. And I said, no. No. We have just as much, excuse me, can I be honest? We have just as much falling short of what God's perfection, if I say it that way, that's what sin is, falling short of God's perfection. We have just as much in this room as the church that's down the street, whatever philosophy they have. But the difference is, not between them and us, but what we need to do is we need to have an environment so that I can actually talk about the things I have trouble with. And you can help me. And I can help you. That's what's important. And because, you know, I was, I, just recently I actually asked, and that's the beautiful thing about Transforming Life Center. I love it. Because in the Transforming Life Center, I, I asked if I could participate in I went in there and I was one of the prayer guys. It's a really amazing environment. It's, 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 it's just filled with prayer and it's filled with no condemnation. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the thing that they're struggling with just comes out of them. And as soon as it comes out of them, they're like, okay, and boom. They even draw closer to that person and they begin to help them. They begin to help them find ways to overcome it. They, 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 get, they help them find forgiveness in God. It's such a healing moment. This is the kind of environment we all need to possess, we need to have. Not only in this building, but in our own lives. But if we don't confess our sins, just like that table, trust me, the evil one is waiting to put pressure on you. I, gotta hurt, I hurt my foot doing that, so I'm being very careful. Um, it's almost better, so I'm almost ready to jump again. Anyways, <laughs> I jumped and hurt my heel, but... I was just remembered that was biblical because that's like crushing Satan's head. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so we need to confess our sins. Some of you are trapped in, in not being able to have God's favor on your life because you're afraid to confess your sins. Trust me. If we walk in the light, that's talking about confession, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. You know, if someone comes to my wife and says, Carol, did you know what your husband does? He does blah, 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 blah. You know what my wife will say? Yeah, I know. And it's so beautiful that I can tell my wife something deep inside me and she doesn't judge me, she helps me. Everybody needs someone like that. And if you don't have someone like that, come see me. I'll find you someone, or I'll be the one, or TLC will, somebody will. Because you need to get free. And the only way to get free is to confess. So, the next thing that uh, Samuel says to do is fast and cry out to God. Fast and cry out to God. How you doing? When's the last time you fasted? When's the last time you cried out to God? Now, when I say cry out to God, what I mean is you get to a place where it's like, God, I'm going to keep knocking. I'm going to keep knocking, God, until you answer. I'm not stopping, God. I am going to be a pain in your temple, Lord God, until I get the answer I need. 
Like Sunday morning, we'll cry out to God, but Monday morning, you know, we go back to our other gods and we, we trust in them. Sorry, I love you. But that's what we do. But Jesus said, when you pray, be like this woman who went to the unjust judge and kept saying, give me justice. And the unjust judge said, you know what? I'm tired of you. You keep bothering me so much. I'm going to give you what you ask. And Jesus says, how much more will your heavenly father, if you keep crying out to him, crying, you want your kid, your, 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 maybe you have a son or a daughter who's not following Jesus, stop crying out to God every day. Every day. Don't stop. My brother Tommy, he's, he's now, he's older than me, he's an older brother than me, you know, 25 years I prayed for him. And you want to know how many times he thanks me for praying for him for 25 years? Now that he knows Jesus, he says, I'm just so thankful, Donald, that you prayed for me every day and didn't stop. Cry out to God, fast and cry out. Go for it. Say, God, I'm going to go without food until I get my answer. How much do you want it? In the prophet, in the Old Testament, the prophet, the guy came to the prophet and he was going to go into battle and the prophet said to him, all right, take the arrows that you have and hit them on the ground. And so the, the guy hits it on the ground three times and the prophet shakes his head. He goes, you should have at least hit the ground five times because you didn't have the passion, the desire, the hunger to see your enemies completely defeated because you didn't show it, it won't happen. You want God to move in your life? Stop fasting and crying out. You want miracles in your life? I haven't seen a miracle, God. Well, then stop fasting and crying out to God. These are, by the way, these are all fundamentals. All fundamentals that will help you stand strong and keep you having the ability to carry God's favor. These are all simple, fundamental things. You know, I don't even have read the Bible in here, but that's a good one. I'm just going with what the scripture says here. And then the last thing he, 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 he does, they actually do it, that they, they continue to sacrifice in the middle of the struggle. It says in verse 10, it says, while Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near and engaged Israel in battle. See, they continued to sacrifice even in the midst of the struggle. Some of us, we sacrifice so that we don't have to get in the struggle. <laughs> Some of us sacrifice until we get in the struggle and then we pull back. But God wants us to continue to sacrifice and that means giving, you know, like so some of you have financial difficulty and you say, oh, I'm going to stop giving because I don't have it. Don't stop. I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about everything. Continue to sacrifice to the Lord in the midst of the struggle. You'll see miracles happen. Most people, they say, God, give me a miracle and then I'll obey. I'm telling you today, obey and you'll see the miracle. Because the last verse is the best. But the day the Lord, but that day the Lord thundered with a loud thunder against the enemies 
And he threw them into such panic that the Israelites routed or had victory in the battle. These are the fundamentals. I'm going to review them because it's very important. If you want to have God's favor, his anointing, his power, that's what I want, on your life, these are fundamental things that need to be in your life. And if they're not, trust me, you will be like one of the other illustrations and you won't be able to carry God's favor. You'll wonder why I don't have a lot of favor in my life. I don't have a lot of power. Why does, you know... I'll just use an example. Pastor Jason, for those who know Pastor Jason, he's coming back next month for those who uh, love him. Now, the dude, the dude is a healing machine. I mean, that dude, you know, he went up north with, the, with one of the guys we work with, you know, and, and they saw like four healings, you know. The next time our friend went up there without Pastor Jason, the, 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 the people went, where's the Dooku? You know, I mean, the dude is a healing machine. Now, trust me, Jason is not a healing machine just because of some giftedness. I know how much he prays. I know how much he fasts. We're talking about a guy who has yet to see healing in his body for diabetes, who shouldn't be fasting because he has diabetes, who will fast because he wants more of God than he cares about his body. And then you wonder why he prays for people and they get well. Because he fasts and cries out, he repents, he seeks his face, he has all the fundamentals to carry that favor upon him. I want us to be a powerhouse community. That when people, that's why we keep uh, trying to encourage you to pray. I my heart's desire is that when people come in here, they get prayed for without us having to say, let's all pray. Who's, what's stopping you from praying for people when you come in? Right now, trust me, I'm giving you authority right now that during the worship service, anytime, anywhere, you just go over and start praying for somebody if you feel like you should. I'll tell you, it's the most exciting thing. It's so exciting. I love doing it. I love uh, uh, just like worshiping God with my eyes open and looking around saying, God, who needs prayer? And then going over and start praying. I mean, this morning, I prayed for someone. I saw them. They wanted prayer, and, and I wasn't next to them, and I went over, you know, and I, and I just went after it. I prayed. I prayed, uh, you know, over them. And then I, after I got done praying, I said, is there something specific you would like me to pray for? And she goes, you just did. I don't know why God does it. It's him, not me. God does it, not me. But it's fun to be used by that. It's used by God that way. If you don't pray for someone, you're never going to see the miracle. Don't you want to see a miracle? Get the fundamentals. Let the favor of God be poured out on you. Watch what God will do with someone whose heart is hard after him. Amen? Okay. You know, I don't know what my duties are right now. But I'm going to do what I feel like doing. <laughs> I'm going to just ask the, uh, the prayer team if they would just come up and find the spots over there. Just make sure there's like three and three or something like that. Because I want to open us up. We're going to just uh, spend some time, just the one song worship. And if you need prayer, if you need a miracle, if you want an anointing on your life, if you need to confess your sins, just go over. 
You guys, I'll punch you in the head if you say anything to anybody who confesses their sin. And if you don't just say, I love you, you're forgiven, like God would say. Amen? You understand. I know you guys can do that. Confess your sin. Get healing. Find the direction. Find what you need. Okay? Let's, let's stop having so much form and let's just have him. Is that, can, can you, are you catching that? Is that understandable? So let's stand. And if you need prayer while we sing this song, I want you to come down. If you want to pray for someone, just look around. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Start praying for them.